Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ever felt like starting a thing but then didn't? Or started a thing and then stopped? This is a podcast for people like me. I'm Claire Twenty, by the way. For people who want to know how to start a thing and keep on making it. Together with my lovely mate, Chanel Luchev, or maybe Peters, we'll get to that later, we're going to track our progress in creating something new. Sorry in advance for all the tangents and laughs, but then creativity is a little bit like that, I think. As Liz Gilbert said in her book, Big Magic, do whatever brings you to life and then follow your own fascinations, obsessions and compulsions. Trust them. Create whatever causes a revolution in your heart and be the weirdo who dares to enjoy. So from this weirdo to all the other weirdos out there, here is the first episode of Just Make the Thing. Bloody come on, Claire, just make it. You know what else I was thinking about what you said to me when you barreled into my house with delicious baked goods? Oh, yep. Which is what I love about podcasting. (laughs) I really liked what you said about how the 30s are potentially the hardest decade. Oh, yeah. It's the decade of shit. Excuse the (laughs) crassness. This is me and my mate Chanel Luchev, who is a lawyer for the Department of Justice, which I think makes her a superhero, but for which she spends an inordinate amount of time filling in spreadsheets and crying about it. We're both in our 30s, seemingly the decade where you stop faffing about and just really get shit done. How much fun were your 20s? Yeah, they were pretty good. It was just fun. It was just fun and you drank a lot and you socialised <laughs> a lot. And there were little hangovers. Are we just imagining this in a golden haze? <laughs> Probably. Well, part of, it, part of it I think is like, yeah being reminiscent of a time that was fun and probably also quite stressful because we would have been studying in our 20s and that sucked and not having any money probably sucked as well oh exactly and like I remember people hit 25 and had like existential crisis I did I had one (laughs) (laughs) me me. I did Chanel even put her hand up it is though that you're right 25 is I guess it's like quarter life crisis everyone went through this weird phase where they're like my life's not together yeah pretty much is in hindsight hilarious it is 25 (laughs) so I think your 30s are just it's all the lesson learning and the like all the personal growth I think comes Mm, at your 30s because you're trying to balance all sorts of stuff um and the, the reality check yeah we're both working on making things separate things Chanel is retraining to be a yoga instructor and freelance writing. Her thing is called Bend Yoga Melbourne and I, well, I think she's pretty fabulous. For me, it's not so much continuing a thing. For me, it's starting the thing in the first place because I tend to get so paralyzed by my anxiety and the prospect of failing at the thing before I even start it that I don't start in the first place. So... Once I commit to starting a thing, I'm pretty good at keeping it going. Yeah. Um, but 
starting I find for me to be the hardest part because I often just talk myself out of it. Yeah. So I have like talked myself into becoming a yoga instructor because I've been practicing for five or six years and I've been wanting to do it for a long time and um, it just seemed like the right time to do it but I was really scared and I thought I was going to screw it up and um, I'm still studying and I haven't quite started officially yet but um, but you sort of have though kind of really kind of started so I'm yeah. still studying but I am teaching friends weekly which has been a really great experience and um, also a lesson for me on um, a, like building resilience and um, giving of myself create creatively because I'm not I guess I would say I'm not necessarily the most I don't know generically creative person I tend to head towards logical thought and plan everything out and go with the rational responsible choice which which I guess in essence is what your job is at the moment yes yes I'm a public servant (laughs) well you You say that but you're also a lawyer as a public servant working for the department of justice (laughs) which I think is really amazing and makes me think of you as a superhero oh it's lovely justice and training now oh justice and regulation oh yeah which makes it that that word just sounds so boring but um it's yeah, it's a very I guess responsible and stable career. Yeah. Um which has been really good and useful and still is. Um but it's Except just, when you get angry about spreadsheets. Oh god. And you get so angry. About <laughs> everything else that happens at work. Yeah. Um but for me part of part of doing this new thing is like firstly being able to be creative and as it turns out um, it never really occurred to me, but I think I'm a bit of a kinesthetic learner. So all the movement for me has helped me work with my ch- intuition a bit more and be less in my mind and more in my heart or in my body. Oh, Do you I know what I mean? That. Yeah. Um, I really love that idea. Yeah. I'm building a podcast network company called Planet Broadcasting with my husband, James. He's also known as Mr. Sunday Movies and is one half of the podcast, The Weekly Planet. And look out for the humble brag alert. We are Australia's largest podcast network, which is ridiculous considering we literally work out of our spare bedroom in our house in Melbourne. I have had to deal with so many middle managers. It just drives me a bit nuts. So like the idea of being my own boss, I like that, but it's also terrifying at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it is terrifying, but it's awesome yeah. once you do it. Yeah, it's the best because your boss is the best. Yeah. <laughs> your boss is the best, <laughs> and you get to wear your pajamas twenty four seven. Yeah, it's so great. Like James and I both work from home full time now, and in our previous life, we were both teachers. And James started um, doing Mr. Sunday Movies first, and then went into doing the podcast as a hobby and mm-hmm. then it just kind of grew from there similar to what you're doing and I think that's the best way to do it you don't just give up your day job and throw in the towel and say that's it I'm going to launch myself just into doing this you mm. need to earn an income as well and balance it and so and over time take away the hours that you're doing in your day job and and if you're lucky um I you know it can become your full-time job yeah. which is kind of what's happened for us so it's funny that you say that you I find it the hardest thing to start yeah. something. It's so fun. And I totally get that because you have been on at me about this podcast. And it's been so great because you just text me even when you have, you're like, Claire, we're podcasting. Claire, we're, are you, what are you doing? 
We're podcasting. When can we podcast? And I am forever just starting a thing because I love starting. It's my favorite thing. I get an idea and I'm like, yes, this is the best idea anyone's ever had in the whole world. And then I start it. And then about a week in, I'm like, I don't know about this idea. I've got another idea. That idea is way better than that idea. So I better do the first idea. No. And then the second idea. But then hang on, there's another idea coming. And my friend Dan said he's the same. And I was actually um, listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about that, that the most successful people are the people like you who really can, who commit to a thing <laughs> and once they start it, they see it through. And James is quite like that too, mm. whereas I am not. And I, that's, <laughs> this podcast is my attempt yeah. to force myself to keep doing a thing. And the other thing that I like doing to keep my creative thing going, which is kind of what I've done with Planet Broadcasting, is drag in a whole lot of other people that'll <laughs> keep me doing it. So I can't, even if I lose interest or I don't want to do it anymore and I hate it, I can't because I've built this big structure around yeah. me. So now I have to keep going. And that, <laughs> so and that's kind of um, what I've done so far in building Planet Broadcasting and having all the 10 shows on and then building the website. And once I've started that ball rolling, all these people are making things and that contribute to the thing that I want to do. Mm, and so yeah. that's been a real lesson to me as well. And I guess this podcast is that same kind of thing. We're doing it together. And so yeah. I have to I have to drag myself kicking and screaming to be consistent. It is difficult sometimes to make room in your life for – something else which is creative because it takes more energy than the stuff that you already know how to do. That is so true. And it's and when it's something personal to you, because mm. I'm finding with Planet yep. Broadcasting that it's business and it's, you know, working out advertising. But what yep. I'm doing is what I love, which is supporting other people to be creative. Yep. Yep. That's one of the greatest joys I've really found in teaching and why I love teaching so much was because I love to do that and supporting people and encouraging them to be creative. Yeah. It's so, come so naturally to me. And then listen to me saying how natural I am and everything. No, but it, <laughs> you just, are natural at it though. Well, it's just something I, cause I, yeah. I'm so fascinated by where this whole creativity comes from. And when people have it and have something they want to do, it's, I understand how hard it is to create something because for me it's so hard yeah that I'd rather help other people than do it myself <laughs> yeah yeah because it does it takes more energy it it's hard it comes from a different place and you've also got to open yourself up so much more absolutely and I think with your industry it's still relatively new to Australia so it's not like you have a template here's how to build a successful podcast type thing where you can just look at it and then like tweak it to make it more yours I think when you're building something from the ground up it's a lot harder to understand how to make it work or how to do it funny you should say that though because (laughs) there isn't anything in Australia like what we're doing Mm. however there is an exact replica of it in the US yeah that's where I got the idea from there's Gimlet Media well there's a few there's Earwolf as well but Gimlet Media and there's actually a TV show with Zach Braff coming out about this exact thing oh really yeah so they started a podcast um and those guys I think they're from This American Life and they then this guy decided to start his own podcast company mm-hmm. and he's actually recorded a podcast called Startup, which is tracking his entire journey. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, theirs is different in that they're taking on investors. And so they kind of had to take on investors to then get themselves to the next level. That's 
the dog he's trying to come in but the dog can't come in podcast dog you have to stay outside um yeah so um the startup was kind of uh yeah they tracked their progress but they were investing Mm. in things whereas um for us we're growing it from grassroots and at the moment we're not kind of trying to take on investors or anything because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I have no idea how that works. And also I think I think that then you're kind of a bit beholden to mm. the investors in terms of where what you do with their money. I'm assuming. I actually don't know, but I'm assuming. So that might be something that we think about later down the track. Um, but for where we are now, from November last year when the idea kind of popped out of the ether to now, we've kind of built a website and we've launched it in March um, and now we've got our 10 podcasts on there and we've got a couple of big name comedians who are coming on board, which is really exciting. Um, and then I've started doing a branded podcast too with another big Australian comedian. So lots of advertisers and things are happening. But Chanel, yesterday we had a meeting with a graphic designer mm-hmm. and as all things happen when you do something creative, once you've made it, you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Or is that just me? <laughs> no, no. I think sometimes something appears well in your head and then when it actually comes to fruition, it's not really what you thought it would be. Yeah, or or you learn more or you learn yeah. what you don't know. So yeah. we've created this website and Ben who created it is awesome and has done an amazing job and did exactly what I asked for. It's just that now I realize what I want the website to be is not what it is. <laughs> I want it to be bigger and I want it to have, um, you know, way more abs- um, access to way more podcasts on the front of it and we want yeah. way more material and articles on there. And so I've discovered that to do that and to up the ante, we're going to have to invest some money in it. So yeah, right. that's the next phase and potentially change the name Planet Broadcasting. <laughs> only once. We'll only do it once. But the the kind of impetus for that was because – the name is long and we don't have the URL. We've got Planet B Casting, which is slowly just grating on me, the fact that we don't have the actual URL. <laughs> yeah, It just right. makes me feel like we're less professional. Mm-hmm. And then also I think like all the best kind of startups have an amazing name, like a short name that people really remember mm-hmm. and it's really kind of distinct. So we're trying to find at the moment a name for what we're doing. So sure. I'm hopeful by next time we record that we will have, have that a name. name and it'll just be so excellent. Everyone will be like, remember the time when they didn't have a name and they were called Planet Broadcasting and now they're this thing. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's really iconic. Yes. Just kind of like just Chanel. <laughs> but something different. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. Mm. I mean... It's all a learning experience, isn't it, in the end? It is. And that's what James said. He was saying, this is my husband, by the way, James, that it's a real, it's just, that's a part of what you do when you make something mm. that you're learning how it's going to be mm. and what and what it should, you know, it's, it's just going to constantly evolve. But yeah, we had this meeting with a graphic designer yesterday who just, 
He was so lovely, Stephen. He's done some work for us for um, some advertising decks and Mm -hmm. he did our media kit, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know what that was either, but he did it. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of showing everything we do. But um, yeah, and he just sort of made me realize all the flaws, which is great because I know it needs to change and I knew that. Yeah. But um, having someone else kind of say it was really um, hard to hear. Yeah. (laughs) But then also really affirming and now I'm just really frustrated and want it to be done already yeah and I know it's going to be a bit of a long process yeah so um Uh, you are impatient I think like me I'm Mm. like that I kind of think well I've got the idea and now I'm doing it so why isn't it already perfect that's annoying (laughs) yes exactly why hasn't it just already magically happened now yeah um I don't know. What do you think about this whole idea of saying out loud what you want? Oh, I think it's good. I think you Mm. should. Mm. And I think um, even if it opens you up to criticism, your reaction to that criticism will give you a better determination about how you feel about it too. Mm. Yeah. I think. Like I think – I don't know if you are like me, but I – tend to take criticism quite personally, even though I won't show it. So being open to criticism is actually a really hard thing, but I think it's important to for you to grow and learn as a person. So yeah, I'll ask. Every time I take a class, I'm like, give me some feedback. What did I do wrong? I need to know what I did wrong so I can do it better next yeah. time. Um, and um, I'm hoping, because there'll never ever be a situation where um, I, if I'm successful at this, um, and able to do this as a, like part of my career that I will have a class full of people and every single person gets what they need from what I give them because everybody comes to yoga for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so, and what they want may not be like commensurate with what I'm giving them, but it's also an opportunity for me to learn how best to deal with those situations and I guess also how to kind of appeal to people and what style works for you, what style works for them, that sort of thing. So it's all, yeah, I think it's really important. The more advice and feedback you get, the better. I guess the only thing is you have to be careful to not try and change too much of yourself and who you are to try and, I don't know, appease or capitulate to someone else. Because that's also being disingenuous to yourself. So it's a fine, I don't know, it's like a fine balance or something. And it's about here that I need to stop and confess something. I am a false starter, a terrible one. In my time, I have left a veritable graveyard of half-started, half-baked, half-assed ideas. I mean, a lot. My love for starting things and never bloody finishing them began right back when I was 10 and decided to make a choir with the kids in our street. Yeah, I was clearly the coolest kid around. It lasted for two weeks, but oh, what a journey of auditions and heartbreak and singing warm-ups those 13 and a half days were. From there, I have been so many things. A wedding singer, I decided I was a poet, a novelist, I mean, for two chapters, a kid's playwright. I actually did that and I've written some... I reckon pretty cool plays. A screenwriter of three scenes of a TV show. Oh, man. A music teacher, a gardener of a dead veggie patch, started a cooking scrapbook that I never finished, a guitarist. I can play about five chords. A 
Oh, I like to say pianist, but I always think it sounds like penis. So I'm just going to say a person who plays piano and oh goodness, I can play about four songs really well. And that is it. A songwriter. I did that for a while. A children's a YouTube entertainer. It went really well for the first month that I started and then I haven't gone back to it. A blogger and oh, the author of five separately terrible Instagram accounts. I could go on Don't even get me started on all the filing systems that I have never used. Oh, yeah. And then there was a time that I taught myself Italian for two months and then spoke to an exchange student for ages and then ran into him again a month later and couldn't remember anything because I gave up. Oh, man, I am a shocker. So I just thought I'd let you know that this is my attempt at not doing that. Do you reckon the 40s will be where it's I, I have a theory that that's where things get good. Although, don't people have midlife crises at 40? Some people do. I, you know what I do think as well, though? I think it's also about what you've done in yeah. your life. And I sometimes think, too, that's with the, being 30 as well. Because depending on what you've achieved or where you are in relation to the mythical you that you imagined (laughs) the unicorn the unicorn that you imagined and where you are in relation to that unicorn oh yeah and different people are on different sliding scale of where they are to the magical unicorn you that was the the insta you i like to call it insta you the filter yeah the filter Mm. yeah oh that's a whole nother bloody topic i'm sick of freaking instagram and facebook and all that i don't check any of it anymore why Mm. because it gives me anxiety exactly i can't I actually can't handle it. I'm like, I don't want to know what's going on in other people's lives. I love you and I wish you well, but yeah. I can't handle the sharing. It just, because I'd like, I'm sitting at home watching episode five of the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and someone <laughs> else is out having a grand old time. But what's I'm like, fun- but I'm saving money eating this soup, you know? And <laughs> I've frozen half of it and it's in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You have to go, have to, you need really good Tupperware containers to freeze food very properly. Expensive. <laughs> that is the, that is the dilemma of the 30. I know that I should be cooking more at home and I need more Tupperware to bring my lunch to work, but it's really freaking expensive. <laughs> that should be in the papers, not yeah. this avocado shit. It should all be about can people who afford Tupperware. <laughs> And does does it actually balance out in the end or should you just buy your lunch? Because yeah. <laughs> the amount of Tupperware I lose. Oh, my God. What's with that? I'm constantly losing things, like constantly yeah. losing containers. I feel yeah. like someone at my work has just got sticky fingers and they're collecting their yes. own, making their own little Tupperware empire. I had a theory about that at our work because I would forever be putting my Tupperware container in the dish container, <laughs> in the dishwasher, mm-hmm. and then I would go to get it. Well, okay, to be fair, it would be maybe a week later. I would mm-hmm. remember. And I would go to the kitchen to get my Tupperware thinking it's probably in a drawer. Gone. Oh, yeah. Vanished. Someone swiped it for sure. Yes. Their I'm... casserole is in your container. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I would even look in the fridge and sometimes suspiciously see some red red Tupperware and be like, is that mine? <laughs> However, you can never you can't Tupperware shame someone. No. <laughs> can't barrel my colleague up and be like, <laughs> and also, people buy Tupperware that yeah. looks the same as yeah. everyone else's yeah, Tupperware. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, it's not like there's – yeah, exactly. So, I anyway, I didn't do that. <laughs> you didn't – you refrained from Tupperware shaming. Certainly I think that was didn't. a wise decision in the end. Good, good. I'm glad that I, I made it through to my 30s and I have not Tupperware shamed anyone publicly except on this podcast. But I haven't named any names, Marianne. <laughs> 
That's actually genuinely her name. <laughs> no last names, though. Oh. Just Mary. <laughs> I really felt quite cathartic about that. that she good. doesn't listen to podcasts, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, there we go. There you go. Anything else to share with our listeners <laughs> before we wrap up? Just make the thing. I reckon we should just finish with just make the thing. I think just make the thing. If you're contemplating it and you want to go out and start a thing or do a thing mm. or make a thing, just bloody get into it. Yeah, for sure. Make the soup. Put yep. it in the Tupperware. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the cost. <laughs> oh, dear. <Okay>. Sometimes I think. <laughs> Does anyone else think we're this funny? <laughs> Um, that for that to be to happen, I would need to put it online. <laughs> then we can get some feedback. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I think we're hilarious. <laughs> so do I, but I'm scared of what other people would say. Anyways, yeah. well, who cares, Chanel? Because yeah. we're just making it. Exactly. We're making a thing. What are you doing? With yes. <laughs> Chanel's even made soup. <laughs> I made a few things today, actually. So impressed, mate. I did make a few things just because I know this week's going to be really, really busy. So um, I'll continue making things and you'll continue to make things also? Yes. Okay. I will. I will continue. I onwards and upwards with the website and I am making a pledge to publish this episode. Woohoo! I will publish it this week. I oh will. Oh, my God. I will do it. I did it last time. You did. I can do it. You're I will do it. T- you're totally capable. I am totally capable of doing it. I just need to get get a little logo together, mm-hmm. stick it up online, mm-hmm. and then it's up there. Mm-hmm. So that's my pledge. Excellent. Because then I'll be leaving to go to Europe for two weeks. So, oh, but I, delightful. I know, but I actually had a plan to Skype you. Oh, that would be fun. I know. That'd be so much fun. I, I could Skype you from Copenhagen. Oh my God. Because I'm going to do a bit of like sneaky, have my iPhone on and Love do it. a bit of recording while I'm there. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so mm. because I'm bloody terrified. So I figure. You're going to be great. I don't know about that, but I am going to try and get some interviews with some of the potties, podcasting, the real ones, not the fake ones like (laughs) me, that that people are, yeah. No, actually, what you say happens, so I should not say that I'm a fakie. No, you're not. Well, you're not, because it's your, um, this is your livelihood and you're making money out of it, so. Yes, I am. Mm. I actually, yes, exactly right. So, commit. Yes, indeed. Like, oh yeah, this is my last little anecdote before we finish and we should have finished ages ago. <laughs> Jim Carrey interview with Oprah, who sadly I love. I just mm-hmm. love Oprah. It's kind of silly, but also No, making, I like it. She's pretty amazing. She though. is amazing. Making Oprah great podcast. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, have you listened well, to I haven't. I haven't. Is it good? <gasps> so good. So great. It's just the best. It's very fanny. Mm-hmm. Like the girl, the woman who makes it is like, I'm packing a suitcase and meeting Oprah. <laughs> she just like gets so Oprah-y about meeting Oprah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but um, yes, she did an interview with Jim Carrey and he said, interestingly, that he wrote himself a check for $10 million when he was a struggling actor mm-hmm. and he said, I'm going to have this in five years. And then he put the check in his wallet mm-hmm. and he carried it with him for five years and just before the five years up and it like got faded in his wallet and, mm. you know, and he signed it from himself. Mm-hmm. And then just before he um, reached the five years, he got $10 million for Dumb and Dumber. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? I mean, A, it's also crazy that he got paid $10 million in like the 90s. I would now be like, I'm not going to put a check in my wallet and say $10 million or $5 million. And see, I can't even aim for $10 million and think, I just wouldn't think that that would happen in a realistic world. But I guess. Well, Chanel, I reckon. You never know. No. I could win Tats Lotto. You could, or uh, Ben Yoga Melbourne could real take off. <laughs> well, that's the that's the other option, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I'm serious about this though. I totally believe, mm. and I know James would make fun of me about this, but I totally believe that if you write something down, and then you can't just write it down and then go make a cup of tea and never do anything about it. But no, if no, you no. Write down and kind of say this is what I want it to look like, and you actually say it and you have it on a piece of paper. Like, you can make it happen. Yeah. Oh, God. I've gone into Tony Romans again. <laughs> I go there a lot. But no, I, do, I love it. I love it. That's good. I do think that. So, anyway, just write yourself a check for $10 million. Sweet. If I you want knock, it. Yeah. Done. <laughs> well, at least just make the thing. Yeah. Bloody make it, guys. Make it. Make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Chanel. Bye. Claire. That's embarrassing. <laughs> You've been listening to Just Make the Thing with Claire Twenty and Chanel Luchev. You can find us at planetbcasting.com or on Facebook at Just Make the Thing. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.